Uh, for those of you who are looking up and you're regulars, yes, I'm sorry, it's me. Uh, Eric is at uh, Ethan's graduation. And some of you actually did know Ethan when he was a fetus, well, knew of him. Uh, and so he's graduating from college today, so their family is out and about. I do want to say uh, happy Mother's Day. So today is Mother's Day. It is a made-up holiday of sorts, but it is the day uh, that we get to celebrate moms. And we're actually going to, um, to talk a lot this morning about moms and wives and daughters and, and women uh, and doing that. So, but to, before we talk about that, uh, I have to address that Mother's Day is, can be, uh, and is really hard for a lot of people in this room, for, for even a, a lot of us in this room. Because I know that recently that there are a lot of us who have lost a mom, and that Mother's Day uh, can be really sad. I know that there's a lot of us here, or some of us here, who have lost a child, um, or who have miscarried or uh, have a, a child that, that is not in a place where you want that child to be. So I, I know that in Mother's Day, uh, and that there's a lot of maybe pretend happiness that you're supposed to have uh, the, for a lot of people in this situation. And so there's a, a lot of just that gulp. Yeah, ha happy Mother's Day, and a reminder of the pain. And so if, if that's you this morning, uh, if you're someone who is hurting, uh, and that this is a constant reminder of your hurt, either of just because of sin in the world or maybe sin done to you, I am sorry. Um, and, and my hope would be that the sadness that you have, that, uh, that you maybe feel that that might bring you into community with other people, that, uh, that the Lord uses hard times and sadness sometimes just to get you connected with other people, that you can be around folks where you can be known and heard and really seen. So if that's you, I, I, there's lots of ways to do that, but that is why we have uh, life groups here at Bethel. We'd say church is, you know, Sunday morning, and you come to church, and we worship together, and we read God's Word together, and that is, a, a, that is church. But church is also being known by people. And, and if you're not known, or if you're even a place where you're around people, but you don't you don't have the courage to be known, uh, I, I would super encourage you to do that because it is hard, it's vulnerable, uh, but it's also life-changing and it's what God has for us. So uh, if, you, if you aren't plugged in, and that's what we say, you know, at church we go, hey, get plugged in. I think a lot of times we hear get plugged in and what we think is, you know, come on, serve, give something of yourself. And that, that feels like a, a, maybe a beat down. But when we say, hey, get plugged in, what we really mean is, hey, be known, know people, because that's where life is. So if, if you're not, I'd love to talk with you about that and help you connect with some people to, to get you to uh, some groups and some people where you can know others and, and be known. But so, so with that, uh, before we, we jump into scripture, I'd love to pray, uh, because knowing that a day like today is a day where there is a lot of hurting and pain oftentimes, um, would you pray with me for, for those in our church here this morning that are, are in that place? Uh, Lord, we do know you're good, and we trust that. And we also know that there are uh, people here who uh, 
have to be reminded of that because sometimes the hurt hurts really bad. And so we pray that you would be a God of comfort, um, that you would remind us of true things, that you would surround uh, people who are hurting this morning with others here in the body that can comfort and encourage. We pray for uh, the next little bit as we talk about your word. We talk about what women and wives and husbands and daughters um, that, uh, that we would change because of your word. We, we trust that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So uh, this morning, I told Heather that I was going, not this morning, this week I told Heather that I was going to teach on, I'll leave that there, on a Proverbs 31. Um, you might have heard of Proverbs 31 is a Proverbs 31 woman. And she goes, oh, you're teaching, you're teaching on Proverbs 31? Yeah. She says, okay, so this is where uh, you tell all the women in the room uh, how they stink at life. And, um, and then all the husbands are like, get to look at their wives like, why aren't you like her? Yeah, babe, that's, that's what I'm planning on doing <laughs> this Sunday morning. <laughs> no. And so, so then my daughter, Anna, she actually got in on this game. Uh, and she's like, oh, Dad, Proverbs 31. So that's, yeah, we read, read about her a little bit ago in a Bible study. Um, so she's like the, the Barbie of the Bible. And I'm like, no, she's a Jewish woman. She's not a tall blonde. I'm, what, do, what do you mean she's the Barbie? She's like, oh, no, she, she does everything. Like, what do you mean she does everything? Oh, yeah, Barbie, that's her bit. And, of course, there's a new Barbie movie coming out, July 26, if, if you want to come see it with Anna and I. But she, there, she's like, she does, she does it all. I'm like, what do you mean she does everything? Name something. Okay, she jet skis. Yep, she does that. Okay, she's a chef. Yep, does that. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, no, that's a whole bit. She does everything. I'm like, no, she doesn't. So, of course, chat GPTP and Google later, I'm like, what does Barbie do? And here, if I just made a quick clip in the spirit of Star Wars. Uh, these are the things that Barbie does. She does everything. That's what my daughter said. And, yes, these are the careers of Barbie. Go ahead. <laughs> Some of the things that Barbie does. I found online like a Star Wars credit maker. That's where this came from, by the way. Um, now, this is a, uh, yeah, United States president candidate. That's Barbie. Uh, this is an eight and a half minute video. So I told Eric I'd go longer than him. So if you just sit still for a bit. No, that's it. It goes on and on, by the way. It is an eight and a half minute video, but we're not going to watch the whole thing. So the, those are the careers of Barbie. Proverbs 31 woman. Um, this is what it might feel like. Hey, women. In this scripture, here are all the things that you ought to do. These are all the things that you ought to be. And that scripture is used that way all the time. But that is, that's a misuse of the text. That's actually not at all what's going on. In fact, Proverbs 31, and if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to it. We're, we're going to go through it here in a second. But Proverbs 31 is written to men as much as it is toward women. In fact, I'd say more so than it is written Toward women, that Proverbs 31 is uh, mostly believed to be written by Solomon. Uh, there's the first half that's actually uh, a word from the that his mother uh, to him, and then the second half is him uh, from verses 10 on him to his wife, and uh, which, by the way, if it is his mother, uh, that would be Bathsheba, who kind of gave the advice on the, the first part of the scripture. But as he writes this to his wife, it is a very specific. Uh, poem, so to speak, or artistic way 
of being able to tell his wife, hey, here are things and reasons that I praise you, that I think you're awesome. Almost a, a love letter, so to speak. And so the model that we have in, in Psalm 31 is not, hey, women, these are all the things you should do. But instead it's, hey, men, look at how you look at your wife or look at how you look at your daughter or look at how you look at your mom. And these are some ways that you can talk about her, that you can praise her, that you can say, hey, these are good things for her. So it's more instructions to men than it is women. Now, again, another little disclaimer, I know that there are a lot of people here who are not married, or there are a lot of people here that might be married someday, or is it all of this stuff, right, and all the different ways of who the people are in this room. You can apply this scripture uh, in several different ways. There's a place where uh, as the easy is if you're a husband and how you talk about your wife, okay, that makes sense. Or maybe it's how you talk about your daughter, okay, that makes sense. Or maybe it's how you talk about or even think about your mother. It, it all applies into this to say, hey, how is it, as we talked this Mother Day, that, that you talk about the other women in your life? So the first thing that I want to show here in Psalm 31 is that this is uh, called an acrostic poem. So an acrostic, in fact, here's an example of one. Here's one I made about Bethel, right? So it says Bethel down the left-hand side, and then these are different things about Bethel, right? We believe in God. We'll be eternally around as a church. We're thankful for God. We help other people. There are extra long sermons uh, at Bethel for some reason, a little bit of who we are, right? It loves people. So this would be an example of an acrostic. Now, you, you look at this, and you realize they don't build upon each other, right? These are all different bullet points. It's a, and I hate to say a poem because I really have this deep-seated belief that all poems should rhyme. Um, I know that that's not the case, but yeah. anyway. So it is a poem of sort. And as you, uh, as you looked at, hey, you know what? Like uh, thankful for people and helps other people or loves people and helps other people, those are kind of the same thing. I mean, a little bit different, but they're in the same category. It's not that they build on each other, but it's almost as wisdom literature is, bullet points of wisdom, bullet points of, of information. And so as we go through this, uh, I, I organized sort of this in a way where we want to cover uh, the whole last half of Psalm 31, but it's a little bit of a random order that have grouped the, some of the scripture together uh, in, order for, uh, in order for it to flow so as, as, we, as we go through it. Um, okay, so if we start here in verse 10. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. So Psalm starts with who can find. This is a rhetorical question. An excellent wife who can find far more precious than jewels. That Psalm's going, you know what? I, I found her. Of all of the women, she's the one, she's the one that I found. And that there's this spirit of, uh, of amazement, of being wowed by her. Again, this is, this is not for, written in the sense of a woman going, I've got to be, I've got to be the excellent wife that is more precious than, than jewels. I'm that, that's who I've got to be. You get to be who you are, and we'll, we'll come to that in a second. But for us to talk about, for men to talk about their wives, for us to talk about our daughters, that we get to be wowed by who they are, that we get to go, oh, a spirit of amazement. Verse 11, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. That he tells her, hey, in my heart, I trust you. I, I'm not trying to just make up the trust, but I actually 
trust you. I actually believe that the value that you bring to the table, it, it gives me gain. It actually is helpful, helpful to me. Heather and I have developed what we call the double tap system. And that means when I'm sitting down and we're in a group of people, if I ever feel double tap on my leg, I need to immediately stop doing whatever it is that I am doing. 80% of the time, I have absolutely no idea why. But I have learned if I don't trust the double tap system, I end up do taking my shirt off at the dinner party. Uh, that's not why you should sign up, by the way, on our dinner table party thing. I will keep my shirt on. The double tap system, I've learned, you know what? She knows this situation better than I see the situation, and I can trust her. I can trust that she knows what's going on. And so whatever it is, I stop doing that. that. Now, again, this piece of getting to how you trust your wife, it might not be. My wife happens to be pretty better than me at reading a room and understanding where people are coming from. Your wife might have another place that you go, she dominates in this area. And you get to trust her in that. You're, you're, the people in your life, you go, hey, this, this is their sweet spot, and I don't know better. So Solomon, he's going, hey, you know what? Here's a place where you dominate, and I'm going to get to trust you in this area. By the way, as we're going through this, I, I wonder what the inner dialogue is and how you're thinking about this. Um, even though I've said it a couple times, I think there is a default to go, okay, I need to be that kind of person. Or, okay, my wife should be that kind of person. My mom should be that kind of person. Why aren't my kids that kind of person? But, but that's not what we're doing here. That's not what the scripture is. Instead, the insight is Solomon going, this is who my wife is. It's us getting to say, this is who my mom is. This is who my kids are. And that there's a studying of who they are so you can go, this is how I'm going to honor them. This is how I'm going to praise them. This is how I'm going to say they're great. So my hope is, is as we go through this, your inner di dialogue is going, that's a good example of how Solomon is talking about his wife. What are some of the things that's true about the women in my life for that? Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. And he's, the husband is in a place of honor uh, when he's, he's around the people of his, of his area. Um, the goodness of his, of his bride splashes on him and all those around. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Again, the husband publicly is saying, hey, you are, you are great. And then many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. That she is in first place. So comparison, right? They say it's the thief of joy. I always say it's the giver of joy if you're better than other people. Um, people always use that when you lose. Uh, but when you win, it's kind of awesome. You're like, I don't know. I kind of feel good about winning. But they're saying, hey, look, in the competition of women, you're first place. Now, here's the part. If we say, you know what the reality is, because God knows you, and designed you, and made you, you are in first place of being you. And that might sound like a 
cheesy little thing, but it is really true that there is not another person like you, and you win. And when you try to be somebody you're not, then you end up being second and third place to whoever the person is that you're trying to be. But when you are fully who you are, you're like, you you win. And, and Solomon actually gets to recognize, hey, you know what? You are in first place of who you are. I, for men who are married, if there are places that you go, my wife is really not first place, your standard might be misaligned. That for beauty, if your wife is not the, the standard of what beautiful is, it might be time to, to start praying, to say, Lord, change my mind, change my heart, that my wife would be the standard of beauty, not the magazine color or the TikTok influencer or the whatever else. But, but that's the standard of beauty. If your wife has funny little bony kneecaps and snorts when she laughs, that, that would become developed of that's the thing that, that is cute, that you want to feel her bony little kneecaps. That, that was weird. I, I don't know. But that's, that's the standard of first place, of who she is. And then, of course, you get to, to study her, to go, what are the places of who she is to be in first place? Verse 31, give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Again, your husband, your, your job to get to know and study your wife. You know, we'll read on here in Psalm 31 that she's a, a great entrepreneur. If, if your wife's a great entrepreneur, awesome. But if not, that's awesome too. Don't tell her she's a great entrepreneur, entrepreneur if she's not, because then you just look dumb uh, and like you don't know her. But know who she is. So uh, we start here in this portion of the scripture that to, to remind us, uh, because so many times Proverbs 31 is a scripture used to say, this is who you need to be women. But the whole purpose here is no. This is who this woman is, and your job, woman, is to be exactly who God has created you to be. And our, your job as a, a man is to, for the women in your life to go to identify who is it that God has created to be. And you get to study and know and love her in that context. Um, let's look at some of the other characteristics here of this woman. In verse 12, she's kind. She does him good and not harm all the day of her life. In verse 20, she opens her hand to the poor, and she reaches out her hands to the needy. And then in verse 26, she opens her mouth, and wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. So here, I'm going back to, again to Solomon's response to this woman and, and how he talks about her, not so much what she specifically does. But he gets to praise her and talk about her both in general and specific ways, generally all the days of her life, and then even specifically of how she reaches out her hands to the needy. I imagine when he wrote that, that there were some specific times that he thought, yeah, she gives to the needy. I remember when she did that, and the guy came over and he gave her some money, that, that there is a specific and a general way he talks about her. This woman, she works hard. She seeks wool and flax and works with her hands. Verse 15, she rises yet, she rises while it is yet night. She's the, she's the kind of person that gets up before the sun. I, and that might be some of you 
you might be like, oh, yeah, I, I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning so I can do all my things. Um, some of you will more be, hey, I'm an eight-and-a-half-hour type of gal, right? I need some more sleep. That's fine. They provide food. She provides food for her household and portion for her maidens. She puts her hands to the, the staff and her hands hands. Uh, hold the spindles, and that's how she makes yarn for clothes. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She gets things done. She's the kind of woman that can actually, um, that, that actually does stuff for her family. Um, I wonder the women in your life. What are the things that they do? How do they, how do they work? Some of them bring in uh, money to your household. I remember when I met, uh, when I brought Heather to, to my parents, um, they said, hey, you know she's smarter than you and she'll probably make more money than you. Is that a problem? I'm like, it's awesome. <laughs> Um, that, but some, some women, sometimes the work is, uh, if you have young kids, it's the mind-numbing work of raising kids, of changing yet another diaper. Sometimes the work is emotional, that it's holding the weight of a wayward kid, and that that's the, the part of the weight of what she does. Sometimes it's a gift of, of maybe... Um, emotional intelligence and being able to navigate and uh, and work a situation in your family. That's that's my wife. We okay. I've got time for a quick story because I don't say as much as Eric does. Um, <coughs> sorry, Eric. I know you're probably listening. Uh, I, so this was a, a few years ago. Brittany Beetle was the foundry manager here. At, uh, at Bethel, and I came up to the foundry, and she was kind of s- had a sad look on her face. I'm like, hey, what's, what's going on? She goes, oh, my, uh, my dog is sick, and I've got to put my dog down. I'm like, ah, sorry to hear that. She's like, oh, yeah, and it's expensive, and vet. And without th- thinking, as the words came out of my mouth, I said, well, I, I could do that for you. She goes, could you really? And I'm like, what am I doing? I don't know what that, how, you know, Yes, I could do that. She goes, oh, that'd be great. I'm like, oh, gosh. Now I'm doing this this afternoon, and this is horrible. So I go about my day. I get a text from her. She goes, hey, I brought my dog by your house. Uh, you weren't there, so I just put it in your backyard. And I'm like, great. I'll let you know when I take care of it. So I get home. My daughter is there then in the house. And I'm like, hey, Anna. And she goes, hey, Dad. I'm like, what's going on? I saw my birthday present. No, 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 sweetie. I know your birthday's in two days. That is not your birthday present. She goes, okay. I'm like, no, no, I'm serious. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I'm like, ah, I don't have time to convince you. Yet, I'm not going to actually tell you what I'm going to do with that dog. Um, so I'll just let it go. So she's in the house. I go back, get us some other work done. I'm like, all right, I got to do this. So I, I get a shovel, and I, I... Okay, now that, if, like, don't put it on vibrate if it's going to be that loud. What in the world? <laughs> like, what kind of phone is that? What is that? It's a lo- okay. <laughs> so, I've got. I go in the house. Uh, I, I get the shovel. I I dig the hole. 
I go, I unfortunately just have a shotgun. I put that down. Um, and then I go get the dog. Well, as I bring the dog around the corner and I place this poor sick dog in the hole, what I don't know is that Anna has gone outside and she's in the car watching the entire thing and don't know this. So as I put the dog down, I hear a scream from the car, and I look up, and Anna's looking at me going, that was my 10-year-old birthday present that you just murdered. <laughs> Heather walks out, and she sees the entire scene, and she goes, and I go, ah, and she goes, I got this. I'm like, oh, yes, that's my wife, that she can take some of my crazy messed up situation and does the work that she does, which is probably why she's a counselor now today, uh, that she gets to help, in a sense, heal my daughter through the trauma that her father gives her <laughs> and the dog. This is, so this is a long, weird, unique story, right? But that's who my wife is. Those are the kinds of things that she's able to do uh, for our family, for me. It's a, it's a joy, and it's helpful, and it's great. And I'm like, ah. This is why uh, I, I have gain because of her. You all have different stories about the women in your life that you go, yes, that's true about you. This is who you are that brings me gain. Verse 14, here, here's where this section, she's an entrepreneur, which, by the way, um, is a great permission for women to be an entrepreneur. If that's you, if that's your spirit, um, Scripture's going, yes, this is something to be praised. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. In verse 16, she considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. In verse 18, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. And in verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. She is an entrepreneur, but, but even more so as you think about what an entrepreneur is. It is someone who takes God's creation and, and puts things together in order to make it better. In fact, maybe better to a place where it's profitable, that somebody would give their money to, to buy that thing. Very similar definition to perhaps what art is. That, that this woman makes art, makes beauty. It's good. Ah, this is who you are. You are someone who, who is an entrepreneur. You're someone who knows how to get things done. You can work this world in order to make something profitable, but you also make something beautiful. You make art, and that's something that's something worth to be to be praised for. In verse seventeen, this is where the, she, she's prepared. She dresses herself with strength. And makes her arms strong. She's not afraid of snow for her, for her household. For all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Strength and dignity are clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. Oh, I like that. She laughs at the time to come. That there's all of this sense that she's the type of woman who is prepared. She's done all of her things. She's like, hey, snow, no problem. I got this. She makes her arms strong. I don't know she's going to CrossFit or does the things that she does to go. She's prepared. But she also knows that sometimes in your family, you're just going to ride the struggle bus. And things are going to be hard. And her response there is, you know what? I can, I can laugh at the times to come. I've prepared. I've done the things. But sometimes you just go, ha, this is life. Verse 30, kind of the bottom line. 
Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She loves the Lord. That there's a bottom line of hotness is maybe a bit overrated. But of course, when you actually get to identify and know and love your wife, that the hotness actually comes. So an application here, well, if you're a woman, be free. If this scripture, Proverbs 31, has been a law to you of all the things that you should be, let, let that go. You are in first place of being who God has you to be. And so lean into that. Dive into that. And for men, you get to know your wife. And you get to study your wife. And you get to honor her and praise her for being that. If you have a mom who is still alive, you get to know your mom. You get to honor your mom. You get to praise your mom. Now, if you're a husband, you might say, yeah, but you don't know my wife. She's hard to live with. She's tough. Maybe she's sinful. But my guess also, in fact, I'm pretty certain of it. If that's your situation where your marriage is hard, that men, you are somewhere in between part of the problem and the problem. That the first stop is to go, okay, do I know her? Am I praising her? Am I telling her the things where she's great and she's awesome? Uh, you know, it's my first year of marriage was horrible. Uh, I mean, uh, we dated, we got married, and I had all kinds of, it's now, it's time for her to be awesome to me. And it was horrendous. I, I, I would lay, and I, she is not here right now, but knows this. Um, otherwise, I obviously wouldn't be saying this in front of all of you for the first time. <laughs> but I would, I would lay in bed and go, oh, I can't divorce her because I'm too prideful. Maybe, maybe I'll die. Maybe she'll die. <laughs> she'll die. And then it'll be like, I'll be like, oh, like, oh yeah, it's so sad for me because my wife died. And then all the other women would think I'm really awesome and hot that way. <laughs> How demented am I? Very much so. But you know what? I didn't divorce her, and she did not die. And we continued to work through it, and I got to realize that I was a problem, that I was so into who I was and so into who I thought she should be that I had so much more maturity that needed to happen, and there was so much more growth that needed to happen, and it was painful, and it was really hard. Uh, and now, 25 years later, I get to go, oh my gosh, I could not imagine how immature that I would be without her. I could not imagine how lacking I would be if it wasn't for her. How many times that I would have not gotten the double tap on my leg and been in a disaster. Oh, no, I honor her and praise her, but it, it, 
did not come easy, and it did not come naturally. That there was a lot of a sanctification process that God had to do in my life in order to get there. Maybe that's the situation you're in this morning. Maybe, if you're somewhere between part of the problem and the problem, it might be time just to stop for a moment. Maybe this is the time to get back into that community and go, hey, where am I missing life? Where am I not seeing things right? Now, and again, women, have some grace here. <laughs> we, uh, we are also very sinful. And so love us kindly through the process. Um, be gentle with us as we're trying to follow Jesus and trying to learn how to love you well. So I do want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms here. I also want to say, hey, for those that are grieving this morning, I'm sorry, and we will continue to pray with you and for you. Let me pray, and then we'll stand for a benediction. Lord, we thank you for all of the women in this room and all of the women in our lives. You are uh, good to us. We also thank you for the hard times in our life that push us uh, towards something greater and something better. And we trust and know that you are a God that redeems situations that look broken and look uh, like they are past repair. So we thank you for being that kind of God. We love you. And we give you all the honor and praise that you deserve. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.